ION 2020 episode 154. Have 2020 Vision with ION 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, the host that tries to make sure that you are the most well-informed person in your social group. My name is Ray Eaton, bringing you the news-related events, the things that are going on in the 2020 election. This is your favorite show, hopefully, Eye on 2020, so thank you for joining me today. Every day I'm trying to make sure that you guys are so informed on the candidates and their policies and their positions, right? I I go over the Democrats, I go over the Republicans, or the Republican, I guess, is Donald Trump got William Weld that's running against him as well, making a little bit of a splash here and there, but, you know, not really doing anything at all. Just trying to get some news media attention and stuff. And then you got the Democrats. You got like 23 of them. Oh my God, that's insane, right? Now only 20 of them were on the debate stages last week, and I think only 10 of them are going to make the debate stage for the next round of debates. But they're there. You know, there's there's a lot of them. And uh, I will be covering their issues as more as some of them drop out. I'll let you guys know about that. And then the greatest thing is when you start getting to the, you know, around January and February, you're going to start seeing people from third-party candidates that are going to start announcing that they want to run for for the presidency as well for their political party's nomination. So you're going to have, like, the Green Party, you're going to have the Libertarians, you're going to have the Constitutionalists, maybe the Socialist Party of America. Lots of them. They're going to be running their candidates, and they're going to be trying to, you know, at least get some publicity for their third party. I think that the more third parties that run, the better. I think that's a good thing. I love it, the fact that their libertarians do have themselves on all the ballots. That's a great thing as well. And I'll be talking about those things going forward as well. So thank you for joining me today. And if you really like what you hear, you can go ahead and subscribe to the show. That's the best way to hear the show tomorrow. But when you do subscribe, go back and scroll through some of the shows that I have in the past, right? If you want to give those a listen. And the reason why is because, you know, there's some, there's good, could be some good information in some of those shows. Now, I will admit that the first couple shows I did were not to the standard that I prefer. That's true. But you know what? That was my first time doing podcasting. That's the first, you know, first 10 episodes. I really hadn't figured out the sound. I hadn't figured out a lot of the things that go along with podcasting. That's true. But... They do get better throughout, so go out back and listen. You can listen to them all if you want to. They're about a half hour each, so uh, it's up to you. But keep on listening. You can do that by subscribing to the show, and you could, you know, that every day, Monday through Friday, you'll have it in your podcatcher, all right? Uh, but if you really like what you hear, five-star ratings and reviews are very helpful. And then if you really, really like what you hear, you can su- support the show. You can do that at anchor.fm slash ion2020, and then there... You can do a $2.99, $4.99, or even a $9.99 contribution level. And I am uh, working on a secret group that is going to hopefully have some good good uh, conversations going and so forth. And uh, you know what? If you, 
if you uh, make a contribution, I will add you to the secret group. Just let me know your email address, and I can do that as well. So anyway, here's the, here's the deal, guys. The shooter from the sh- the shootings that went on last weekend. You guys heard my show yesterday about it, so I don't want to cover it too much. But there there was a little bit of new information that came out, so let me go ahead and talk about that really fast. Uh, the one in that happened in Dayton, Ohio. They can't really position that as a hate crime. They can't position that. It doesn't seem like to me that they're going to be able to position that as a hate crime. They're just going to use it to you know try to take away gun rights and so forth. That's the way that the the media is spinning it. This guy literally went and he drove him and his sister and her boyfriend in a Toyota Corolla downtown to this area in Oregon, Oregon district, I think is what it's called, and I guess parted ways with them and came back and he, she was the first person that he shot. That's absolutely crazy that that happened. I mean, that's just sick. And then he just starts shooting away, apparently, but within 30 seconds he's dead, so... Um, good riddance to somebody like that. Absolutely crazy, absolutely terrible. Uh, but that's not what I wanted to talk about today. I just wanted to guys give you guys quick a quick update on that particular thing. What I w- did want to talk to you guys today is, what do you all think about this playoff system that's going on in the Democratic debates, right? So, right now, the way that they had it set up for the last two debates, the previous debates, is that you had to have 1% of the vote in like a certain number of polls that they are using as their polls, the Democrats are using as their polls. So you had to have 1% of the vote, and you had to have 65,000 individual contributors to your campaign. So the way the Democrats set it up, the Democratic National Committee set it up, is that if you didn't have that, then you didn't get in. So like three or four of the candidates that announced did not get in, but then 20 of them did. So those three or four, only one of them has dropped out, so I think there's probably two or three that are still left, that didn't make the debate stage. But then what happened is that you start seeing those tw- those 20 candidates that are on the stages, and there's some that just aren't getting much traction at all, some that are, some that get a little bit of traction here, but, you know, they slow down, like Kamala Harris, and then you see some that had a lot of traction, and then they've fallen off, like Beto O'Rourke, right? But Beto O'Rourke is clearly sliding down the in the polls, but he probably has the 130,000 voters or donors donors to get into the next debates, although he's clearly sliding in the polls. Have they given these candidates enough time to really show themselves and sell themselves to the American public, the Democrat voters? Have they? I don't think so. And then you're doing the national polls and you're polling people that are probably... Democrat leaning, but not might not even vote as Democrat, I would imagine. So how do you figure that out as well? But it's kind of like a playoff system that's going on right now where the top 20 made it, and next you have to have 130,000 individual contributors as well as 2% in the polls. Beto O'Rourke slowly sliding down, Tulsi Gabbard slowly coming up, but in some of the polls she's still around you know, less than 1%, still less than 2%. But she's coming up. Now, some of these guys should just go away on their own. That's fine. But I don't know that the Democratic National Committee should really have made the decision to keep people out of the debates in that way. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not a Democrat, so I don't care either way. And I'm sure you guys don't care either. It just seems like a stacked system in my mind. Obviously, Joe Biden's going to be there. Obviously, Bernie Sanders is going to be there. Obviously, Elizabeth Warren's going to be there. The big name, the big name, big money people are going to be there. They're going to be there for sure. But the ones that are speaking, you know, a different message. Well, anyway, they're all the same message. But the ones that are slightly different, the ones that the voters might like better, like Tulsi Gabbard, for example. A lot of libertarians love her because she's speaking out against the wars. She's speaking out against the drug wars and so forth. So, like, that's one issue that I can agree with her on. So, I think that, you know, someone like that should be in it. That's a different voice. But I just, I mean, it's a weird system that they're doing. And I don't know that it's fair to the Democratic voter. But you know what? They're going to do what they're going to do. They literally shut Bernie out of the election four or three years ago. They basically rigged it in favor of Hillary Clinton three years ago. Nobody ran against Hillary because they knew she was going to be the shoo-in, except for Bernie Sanders. They had two other people that did. So the Democratic National Committee, oh, and on top of that, the way that they have their superdelegate system set up, it's not even fair to the voter. Anyway, I think like the people that are voting in the primaries, their votes are, I mean, if, if they, let's say they elected Bernie Sanders made him the nominee, or, you know, gave him Iowa and New Hampshire, let's say. I think that's only weighted, like, 50%, because there's, like, these super delegates, or these other super delegates or something like that that get to go there that have even more power, and they're the ones that are going to vote for who the establishment wants. So it is an establishment thing set up already within the Democratic system, the Democratic Party system, And even the Republicans, I mean, look what they did to Ron Paul back in 2012 and in 2008. Like, I mean, there was a number of polls that were done to get on the debate stage, and he wasn't even in those polls. They didn't even mention his name in the polls, even though he's running. And then the the Republicans didn't give him any of the delegates that he was able to get. And, I mean, the entire establishment was against Ron Paul back then. Even more so with Bernie Sanders in 2016 on the Democratic side. So, the two-party system is rigged. The two-party system is just a political entity in order to control the election process and control government. I mean, that's all it is. They're two sides of the same coin, guys. And they're not going to... I mean, if, if Tulsi Gabbard took... Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and started having some momentum going, they would push to make sure that she didn't get anywhere. Somebody like that, someone that's a little bit more anti-establishment, they're going to want somebody that's more establishment. They're going to want someone that's going to toe the line and do exactly what the Democratic Party says, and uh, that's the way it is. They won't allow another Trump-type candidate. I mean, I'm surprised that the Republicans were able to allow, or even allowed Trump to become the nominee for the 2016 presidential election. They, I mean, I don't know if there was a way to stop it, though. Like, the tide was there. The voters loved him, so... But, I mean, he was completely anti-establishment. And I think they're they're figuring out ways to, you know, 
box him in a little bit to keep him under control in some ways when it comes to like the government stuff that he's doing the foreign policy things that he's doing they're figuring out ways to box him in and make him do as they say that's what the deep state's trying to do but i mean both parties all they're doing is making sure that you have limited choice in the matter of who's going to be your presidential you know the president of the united states the most powerful person on earth Third parties have been shut out of everything. I mean, you can't even get on the debate stage with the Democrats and Republicans if you're a third party candidate. That's been in the courts and it's just not something that's happened. It's going to be a huge challenge for the Libertarian nominee or the Green Party nominee or any of the nominees to get on the stage other than doing their own little third party debate on Fox News or something are doing their little third-party debate somewhere else. And actually, Fox News might cater to something like that now. And the reason why is because they've been shut out, the, shut out of the Democratic debate. So they might make a big hoopla about that. Who knows? I wonder if that's going to happen. I'd l- I'm going to keep an eye out to see if that, that's going to happen, though. But yeah, that's the Democratic debate system right now, this, um, this playoff system. I don't know that it's fair to the voters, but they don't care about the voters, guys. Democrats don't, Republicans don't. All they care about is what? Staying in power and getting reelected. That's what they care about. Um, so Trump, I said this on Friday, Trump was going to do something that's going to take the focus off of the debate. Well, I don't think he had to, because obviously things change over the weekend. So I was going to talk about that. That was one of the things I want to talk about, is just kind of draw back to what he did from that conversation on Friday. But yeah, obviously he doesn't have to. Uh, he didn't have to do anything, because on Friday there was a shooting, and on Saturday morning there was a shooting... And the entire news cycle has been about that ever since then. And it's all about disarming American citizens who are law-abiding citizens rather than the real issue of what the hell was going through these people's minds and what inspired them to do it and why they would do something like that and how to help people that are like that, I guess. That's, the, that's, that's where my mind goes to. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk to you guys about was this. So... The betting odds sites are in full swing. And um, what I want to do is talk about... So, last time... Remember after the debates I did a show on this about the betting odds sites? Usually they're pretty accurate in predicting like where people's sentiment is on the elections. And if you looked at the betting odds sites like a week before November 2020, whoever is in the lead at that point, as long as there's no new news that comes out or anything terrible that happens, most likely that person's going to win. That's pretty statistically accurate. But, um, right now, all it's doing is seeing, basically, it's able to show who was the person that won the election, in my mind. Like, when I was looking at it, that's what I was seeing. So, Tulsi Gabbard, not Tulsi Gabbard, sorry, uh, Kamala Harris, she was the person that was in the lead on the betting odds sites over all the other Democrats after the last debate. Because she had a standout performance, she really rocked it. But her debate, and she was actually able to stay at the top for a little while. But now she's dropped down to third. So if you look at the chances of winning on the lechenbettingodds.com, Biden, 25.2%. Elizabeth Warren, 21.5%. And Harris at 20%. Sanders falls down to 10% chance of getting the Democratic nomination. Pete Buttigieg at 7.3%. Andrew Yang at 3.8%. 
and Tulsi Gabbard at 3.2%. She's above Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, Julian Castro, Klobuchar, Cuomo, all those people, right? Everyone else is way down there. Hickenlooper is at like 0.1% chance. So the the election betting odds sites, what they're able to do is really tell, you know, who basically what I'm looking at is who are the top contenders right now. I bet you, you start to see like Pete Buttigieg rise up a little bit, but Kamala Harris actually fell down to third in this thing over the, over that time. So uh, it just shows where their debate performance were at and how well they did. They, I mean, Joe Biden had a solid performance in the sense that he didn't hurt himself, which actually helped him out. So, and then on the Republican side, Brock or uh, Donald Trump is at ninety one point three percent that he's going to be the Republican nominee, and then Mike Pence is at two point three percent, and William Weld at one percent. Now, the only reason why Mike Pence would have that much of a percentage and in this in the first place is because Donald Trump might get like kicked out of office, he might retire, he might die. You know, so 91.3% chance, though that says that Donald Trump is the nominee. And then on the presidency side, Donald Trump is at 48% chance of being re-elected. Biden at 12.5% chance of being elected. Elizabeth Warren at 9.3% chance of being elected. Kamala Harris 8.9%. Bernie Sanders 5.4%. That's what the betting odds sites say. So usually they're pretty accurate in the sense of seeing who's going to win or who did a really had a really good debate performance where sentiment is at that time. But I think it's interesting. Donald Trump, 48.3% chance that he's going to win. I wonder if you'd put... I wonder if you figured this out with... So if you had a head-to-head Biden versus Trump, where that would stand. I don't really see that on here, but... I'd love to see it if there was a way to do like a head-to-head Biden versus Trump on the election odds, what people would bet on in that particular situation. And then the same thing with Liz Warren and Harris. They don't really do that. A lot of the polls, though, will ask head-to-head questions as well. And you'll see that pretty often on the uh, on this show, actually. I focus on that. But if you go to like realclearpolitics.com, you'll always be able to see at the very top left-hand side, you'll see the polls section. And then if you go to latest polls, that's where I pull all of my information as well. And usually it'll have, like, every day it'll have the job, the presidential job, job approval ratings. But then sometimes you'll see what the polls are as well for individual, like the national presidential nomination, as well as individual states. Like, you'll see the early voting states of Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina a lot as well. And you've seen me go over those before. The one that came out on Friday was a poll for the Democratic nomination this is post-debate, but also only within like a day of the debate. So you're going to start seeing, now that debates are over, you're going to start seeing polls that reflect the data from after the debates, right? So you'll see where people's sentiment is on the, these polls. But on Friday, the most recent one had Biden up 14 points over Bernie Sanders, who was at 18%. So he had 32% for Biden, 18% for Sanders, 15% for Warren, and uh, 10% for Harris. Now, Harris was falling in a lot of these polls as well. So those are just, uh, that, that, that's where usually where I find my the poll information that I'm looking at as well. Uh, but yeah, election betting odds sites, I think that it just shows really that Biden had a really good run at the last debate. The next debates are going to be in September, uh, and I'll cover those debates. I don't know if there's going to be two. I don't know if they've announced it yet. They did say this, 
about the debates that they've booked two days of uh, of television, I guess, for the debates. So we'll see if they if there's only ten people that make it into the debates, will they do five and five? That would be a better format, I think, than having ten versus ten versus ten or ten on each night. And the reason why is just because that's way too many on the stage. And at least they're gonna have a chance to really make their case. All of their cases, though, as you know, are statist are the government controlling your life, the government controlling your money, the government confiscating wealth, all that stuff. You know how I feel about these people, man. All they're going to do is have more time to really talk about that. But it'll also probably allow Trump to get more more dug in on these issues as well. But I'll cover them just because I want to make sure that you guys are aware of what's going on with these candidates and uh, all their positions and so forth. Uh, that's very important to me to make sure that you guys can make the best memes possible, I guess. that's. I mean, best, best memes possible, but also when you're going to, like, hang out with your family during Thanksgiving, during Christmas, you're well-informed on these candidates, right? And then you could punch little holes in there. You know, if your family member is really for Pete, Pete Buttigieg, you could say, yeah, I like Pete Buttigieg, the way he sounds. I mean, he's a, he's a really stand-up sounding guy, military guy, the whole nine yards. But you know what? I mean, I just don't like the way that he talks about Medicare for All. I don't like that he's just trying to kind of toe the line in between that, and this is why I don't like Medicare for All. This is why I don't like government being in charge of Medicare or your medicine in the first place. And then you could kind of let it in, so lead into these conversations if you want to. So, yeah, anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about today, guys. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but I have a very bad chest cold right now. Something's going on where it's just, uh, I don't know, I think I'm getting like laryngitis or something. So if you notice that I'm not talking very loud in the next couple of days, that sounds like, that, I mean, it sounds like this is, or feels like this is coming on right now. So if that is the case, I might not even do any more shows for the next couple of days until this is over with, uh, because right now it is really hurting my, hurting my throat to even talk. So, uh, but I appreciate you bearing with me. I do. There is one thing that I want to talk about is, or one thing that I wanted to do as well. I did have a, a, uh, email from, from one of my listeners and I don't want to mention anybody in my name by any means. Um, but I just thought it was really nice that she sent me an email and, uh, she just, let me read the first part. It says, I wanted, wanted to pop in and say that I've been really enjoying your podcast. I Googled best podcast to learn about the presidential candidates. And I found yours on an article. The first election I participated was in 2008. I was so torn in the elections of 2016 and the candidates that I found myself not wanting to be part of the division that our country was in. In fact, I've never been interested in politics since I don't like to be associated with the division that it causes. My family is extremely liberal, while my husband's family is extremely conservative. As a result, I didn't want to have to choose a side. I didn't feel comfortable making a decision for myself because I knew I would offend someone in my family. Thus, I really don't understand politics, etc. So I really enjoy your podcast to, that goes over topics like what is the democratic socialism or taxes, free college education, healthcare, etc. Uh, so yeah, hey, I appreciate that you sent me that letter, uh, that email. It was really nice. And then the last thing sh she writes is, so thank you for your research and time you put into the podcast so individuals like me can educate themselves in a nonpartisan way. Thank you. So yeah, I am not partisan, so I appreciate, I really do appreciate your letter. That was really nice of you to write, and uh, you know, I will keep on putting out this show. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do, is make sure that everyone is educated in a way that they can make, you know, good decisions and talk to their family and talk to their friends, but the main thing that I'm trying to do is get the libertarian message out there so that we can start a movement, guys, that we can start 
helping people to understand that the government that we have is way overbloated, that the government that we have is trying to take on too much responsibility that's going to bankrupt this nation, all the things that these candidates want to do, right? And that we need to have a different relationship with our government. We need to have a relationship with a government that says, I'm not going to look to the, for dependency upon you know, the collective. I'm not going to look for dependent, to be dependent upon others for my well-being. I'm going to look for myself to be dependent upon that. And when politicians start promising the world, we look at them and say, you know what, I don't need you because all of that is is false promises, buddy. That's it. False promises. That's what I want to do, guys, is, is let you guys rethink the relationship that we have with this government because self-sufficiency is best. Non-aggression is best. And every law that the government passes is an aggression upon you or somebody around you. Taking away their freedom, taking away their liberty, taking away their individual responsibility. And I don't think that it's right. So go out there and talk to your friends about it. Be ready, you know, with answers to situational problems that they talk about. And, uh, and then come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020.